This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 518. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennig. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, LG unveils new OLED screens at IFA in Berlin. 360 has released a new affordable P7 robot vacuum, and we go hands-on with the ASUS Space Edition OLED laptop. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the two new Samsung foldables, the Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4, which we've both reviewed. And we'll also talk about Jabra's new Elite 5 noise-cancelling earphones. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. The IFA Tech Trade Show is uh, currently underway in Berlin, and LG has made some in- interesting announcements around their OLED products. As you know, uh, LG is one of the well, the leading company when it comes to OLED TVs and OLED products. Their technology uh, is uh, is already pretty well known in that area. But the big announcement is that they've taken it to the limit. They've really gone up to a larger screen size, the largest ever, as a matter of fact, with a 97-inch OLED screen. This is the new Evo Gallery Edition TV. The model number, in case you're interested, is 97G2. Now, this takes the self-lit LG OLED technology to its largest size, 97 inches. And this is in response, though, to our demands for larger screens. There's research showing that up to 55% of the premium TV market is going to be these the, the premium televisions, OLED, and in those larger sizes. Global sales of TV 70 inches and above will hit 15 million units globally and increase to more than 17 million next year. Uh, I understand 75 inch is one of the fastest growing sizes, closely followed by 85 inch, but if you want to go even bigger, here you have an LG OLED 97 inch, and it's the gallery edition. So this is designed to be mounted on the wall and the gallery edition has a really flush mount, so it can it can sit on your wall like a painting. It's uh it's it's gonna look pretty cool in your house. Pretty big as well, so you want to make sure you've got enough room for this thing. It is uh it is not small. Anyone who's ever bought a larger TV, and I always say to people, when when you get a larger TV, I know I know people have asked me for recommendations for TVs and uh, when they decide, you know, to look at those larger sizes, 75 and 85 and and, and bigger. I always say to people, when you when you see this TV and when it's on installed or on your entertainment unit, I guarantee you're never ever gonna say that TV's too big. It's just not those words are just not gonna come out of your mouth. I know for a fact we've gone in at our place here, we've gone from a fifty-five to a sixty-five. We've we had a seventy-five and now we've got an eighty-five inch. And my wife and anyone who sees it, they just think, okay, that's just the TV now. That's just even bigger. What what helps, I think, with that transition 
if you're upgrading from an older television, you might have an old 65-inch, let's just say, or 55-inch. If it's, if it's four or five years old, take a look at the size of the bezels on the TV. They're quite big. Now, if you're moving, let's use the 65-inch as the example. If you're moving from a 65-inch with the big fat bezels from four, five, you know, eight years ago, if you're moving to a 75-inch, let's say, which now though there's no bezels on it, it's, it's edge-to-edge, so the actual physical size of the of the unit, the television sitting on your wall or on your entertainment unit, is actually not that much bigger because it takes into account the 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 bezel space for the old TV. So imagine taking your existing sixty five inch TV and shrinking the bezels to nothing, and that is now picture. That's more picture on your on your for the for your television. So if you if you're thinking that it's just you got to you got to carve out all this extra space for a larger TV. That's not actually the case. You'll find that if you go from to, to these these newer larger screen TVs because they don't have the bezels, it's not that much bigger than, a, say, a 65-inch to a 75-inch because of that added space you, you pick up from having those those ultra and those almost non-existent bezels that frame around the television. So if that's uh, if and, and feel free to use that argument too, uh, guys. If you're going to need to convince your wife about uh, upgrading to the TV, they do look pretty slick. The new TVs, the bigger TVs, including this LG, uh, the 97 inch. This might not be in your wheelhouse. I, they haven't announced a price for this, but I'd say it's it's probably going to be comparable to buying either a car or this television. But I think this is an exercise just to show that LG, they know what they're doing in this space and they can go big, as we can see, 97 inch. But there are already other 75 inch and, and, and larger OLED screens already on the market. Now, that's not the only OLED product that LG has announced. There's another, another product that uh, really caught my eye as well. And this is the world's first bendable 42 inch OLED screen. This is aimed at gamers as well. The 42-inch OLED TV has been a popular choice for gamers because OLED is a great format for gamers, really low, like fast response times, 0.1 of a second, millisecond response time, low input lag. So they've already been proven to be a great choice for gamers. And any gamer who wants to buy a a monitor, often the choice is, do I buy a curved monitor or do I buy a flat monitor? Well, with the LG OLED Flex, this 42-inch screen, you can actually have both. So the hint is in the title here, Flex, it's bendable. So this new screen can can has 20 levels of curvature. So you can go from either being completely flat and to going to 20 levels of curvature. Each curvature, each increment of the curvature is five degrees. So it will go from being a flat screen to going to 900R curve. That That's the maximum curve you can put on it. So that, that, that then gives you the option of playing some games on a flat screen or some games on a curved screen. And being OLED, of course, it does offer that flicker-free, self-lit pixels, deep blacks, uh, infinite contrast, amazing color, and with the response time and the low input lag that we love, powered by the LG Alpha 9 Gen processor as well. So you get all of those. 
You also get the onboard LG Game Optimizer. This gives you shortcuts to, you can have shortcuts to Twitch and YouTube, but also too gives you a control panel for your audio. And that includes a built-in equalizer and AI for game sound and also Dolby Atmos on board. Multi-view mode also allows you to view content from two sources at the same time while you select what audio you want to hear. So that means you can have a couple of things happening side by side. So if you if you want to play, for example, a driving game or some something you want to immerse yourself in, you might opt to have it as a curved screen. But if you maybe want to play a first-person shooter, something a game where you need to keep an eye on the whole screen to, to keep an eye out for things, you can not only have it flat but also reduce the image size so you can see edge-to-edge the whole screen. So it really is, gives you those options depending on the type of game you want to play. There's also, of course, a height adjustable stand. You can tilt it. So it really does bring it to exactly how you want to play the game is allowed through the LG OLED Flex. Now, haven't, they haven't named a price for this either, by the way, or for the 97-inch OLED we spoke about a moment ago, but expect them to be pretty solid. Uh, I, I My estimate for the Flex OLED 42-inch, I think a normal 42-inch OLED is like about 1500 bucks. I'd say double that for the Flex. I'd say probably two triple nine. You'd probably be paying for this one, but I could be wrong. Hopefully, it's cheaper. Yet it may be more expensive. I'm not sure. The 97-inch, yeah, I'd say uh, you're gonna you're gonna be having to see uh, if, make sure your bank account's pretty healthy to afford that one. Haven't they haven't announced pricing on that either? So I'll be keen to learn that also. It is uh, it is though. I'm I'm wondering exactly what sort of ballpark we're going to be in with that one but some exciting stuff from lg the on the on the oled front 97 inch tv the g2 but also the 42 inch bendable the flex oled as well coming soon to australia and also pricing will be announced for those in the, in the near future as well if you want to find out more about those amazing lg oled products head over to techguide.com.au this is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, haven't robot vacuum cleaners come a long way? We spoke a few weeks ago about how they've become one of the most desirable products the, that people are keen to purchase. We're not, they beat uh, TVs and coffee machines as being these, the product that we want to buy next. And the problem, though, in the past has been that they've been a little bit expensive, but like everything that's new, the technology does filter down to cheaper products. And we've seen that now with the 360 has just released the P7 robot vacuum cleaner. And this model is available exclusively through Godfrey's. There is a link on our story on Tech Guide. It's priced at 499 bucks. And what you get, you get the P7, which is not only a vacuum for your carpets, but also a mop for your hard floors as well. So a lot of features they've packed into this under 500 bucks. Let's let's look at the, the actual robot vacuum itself. It's just 7.6 centimetres tall, which means it can easily fit under your furniture. So you can easily go under couches, under tables, and give your home a complete clean. It does have 2,700 PA suction power, and despite that, that level of power, it actually makes less noise than the earlier models as well, which means it does give you the option of maybe running the vacuum cleaner at night because it's not, it's not too loud. It, of course, can handle both 
carpet and hard floors. It knows which surface it is on. It can detect the surface beneath it and can immediately switch modes to suit that. It has four suction modes, which are intelligently activated when it does move from carpet to hard floors and back again. So it can handle all of that. On the vacuuming side, it has a 680 mil dustbin. So that's uh, and powerful enough to pick up debris and all the fine dust from your carpets. That bin is probably big enough for it to have a couple of vacuums before you need to empty it. They they do have it does have anti winding roller brushes, so gives you a deep deeper clean without the tangles. It also has larger wheels. If you look at the bottom, and there's a picture of it on the on Tech Guide, the wheels themselves. So if, if you maybe have a slight level change between your tiles and your carpet, or vice versa it can easily go up a couple of centimetres. It can, it can navigate that as well. So it's not you're not limiting yourself there. Uh, on the mopping side, the P7 does have a separate dual tank with for 350 mil of water, 260 mil of dust because it does vacuum the hard surfaces as well as mop the hard surface. It does have a mop cloth that you can put on the back. It vibrates to give you hard claw floors a, a pretty solid clean. And uh, like other robot vacuums, it's all controllable through the app, the Bots Lab app, which is developed by 360. You can link that to your vacuum through your home network and allows you to control and monitor the cleaning. So what it does when it's first deployed in your home, it actually uses a camera to map your home's floor plan. So it'll, it'll plot the floor plan of your home so it can come back and work out the most clean the most efficient cleaning path and if you live in a multi-story home as well it'll remember multiple floors too so you can pick pick and pick up right anywhere where it's left off on any level it'll remember and continue so if you do have a multi-story home, that is uh, not a problem with the P7. P7 also has a 166-degree front-facing camera, which this is used to detect any obstacles in its path. And the onboard sensors also can sense the furniture and walls and gently clean around them. So it's not going to bang up your furniture and, and scratch your, your floorboards and your walls. It is pretty sensitive. The P7 has a 2,600 milliamp hour battery on board. That's up to two hours of continuous vacuuming and mopping. And if it does need to recharge, it'll automatically go back to it back to its charging station, recharge the battery, and then head out again if it needs to complete the job. But it is a pretty self-sufficient little unit, this one. The P7 also works with Google Assistant and Alexa, so it can be part of your smart home ecosystem, and you can, like your other products, use your voice to start, stop, and charge the vacuum. So I think a lot of features have been uh, have been packed in here. I've just received the vacuum, so I've just written about the, the fact it's now gone on sale exclusively through Godfrey's for 499 bucks. I will be coming back, though, with a complete review in the coming weeks, so keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, you can see what it looks like and also see that link through to Godfrey's for that 499 price, the 360 P7. If you're in the market for a robot vacuum, this could very well be the product you, you start off with. Uh, from exclusively through Godfrey's. You can find out more about the uh, 360p7. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, we love a laptop around here, and we've seen plenty of them. 
But there are some that are more memorable than others. And I have to say the Asus Space Edition OLED laptop most certainly ticks that box. It is quite a memorable unit. Asus has really gone to town on this one. The ZenBook 14X OLED Space Edition has been released to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the very first Asus laptop that went into space. Would you believe that the Asus P6300 blasted off in 1998 and spent 600 days in space on the Mir space station? So to commemorate that amazing achievement, the Azus Space Edition was born, and I've got to say, it's a slick unit, has a pattern design, it is, it's, it's got a zero-G titanium colour. The unit itself weighs 1.4 kilograms and is 15.9 millimetres thick, so it's pretty pretty uh, slick looking unit, this one. And what I like about it too is that it's just not plain color. There's a, There are space patterns on the lid and around the keyboard that signify the Asus history in space. Screen wise, it's got a 14 inch OLED screen with a 2880 by 1800 resolution, has a 92% screen to body ratio and a 16 by 10 aspect ratio. Love the shape, love the quality. It's remarkable. The, the, the Asus is really one of the leaders when it comes to OLED screens in their laptop lineup. They do have a, quite a few, but this really takes it to the next level. It offers 100% DC, DCI P3 color gamut and up to 550 nits of brightness. It's also been certified to be flicker-free, 70% less harmful blue light for added eye comfort. But there's a, you know what? There's not one screen on this. There's actually two. So the main OLED screen, of course, is what you use for your day-to-day -day work. But there is a second Zen Vision screen on the lid. It's 3.5 inches. It's a mono screen, still OLED, but mono. And is it provides things like the time, the date, smart notifications, uh, also displays the timer, date, battery charge level. You can even set a message that other people will see while you're working on the Yazoo Space Edition main screen. So if you're typing away, you can have a message on the outside. You might say, you know, up the rabbitos or something, if you want to, whatever you want to say, sort of reflect your personality a little bit. Or you might say, do not disturb, whatever you want. You can have a bit of fun. Or, or you can just display nice patterns and emblems and just have that information there. But does uh, allow you to customize the Zen Vision screen through the My Azus app as well. The Space Edition, of course, has a full-size keyboard with dished keys. What, what that means is that they are, they're slightly concave. You get this little little dip in the middle of the key to sort of to fit your finger a little bit better. 1.4 millimeters of key travel too. I do like a key. I know I want to know the key's moved when I hit it. So that's that key travel. 1.4 millimeters, it'll move. The touchpad too is also a pretty order, a pretty extraordinary, I should say, and has an anti-fingerprint coating. So what, what I like about it too is that it integrates the Asus number pad on the touchpad. So if you, because it's it's not a full width, it doesn't give you the full width of having a numerical keyboard keypad on the right-hand side, you can activate it to be on the touchpad. So if you're crunching some numbers, it'll display through the touchpad the, the numerical keypad and for easy numerical entry. Love that. The Look, the Space Edition, of course, 
doesn't just look good, it also sounds good too. There's the Harman Kardon sound system on board, which is Dolby Atmos certified. And it's also no slouch when it comes to power. It is the 12th gen Intel Core i9 processor, up to 32 gig of RAM, the Intel Iris X integrated graphics, fast PCLE SSD storage, and of course, Wi-Fi 6E connectivity. On the port side, plenty of them, HDMI 2.0, two Thunderbolt 4 USB-C ports, a USB 3.2 Gen 2. There's an audio combo. Uh, it's a, it's an audio jack. Looks like just a headphone jack, but it is actually a combo for headphones and a mic. And on top of all of that, there's also a micro SD card reader on board. There's a fingerprint sensor also built into the power button for added security. But I've got to say, it's not just the laptop itself that's impressive. The packaging is remarkable. The packaging is incredible, and it'd be something you want to keep. You wouldn't want to throw this away because it is it is amazing. The, the out-of-box experience is one of the best packaged laptops that you'll ever likely to see. It's got a large outer box, but inside there's a silver box that houses the Space Edition laptop, and it's got this incredible patterns on it. There's also a smaller internal box that contains the power plug, but this box can also be used, once it's folded open, it can be used as a laptop stand as well. So it's not only nice to look at the packaging, it's also functional. Don't you love that? The Zeus ZenBook 14X OLED. This is a remarkable computer here. It is available now. It's priced at 2499 bucks. And look, if you love space, if you love a Zeus, you want a high-quality laptop because it does have that price. Is You'll be paying that price just to have the same specs on a similar OLED laptop then why not have a look at the Space Edition? We've got our hands on it. It's our, If you want to check it out for yourself, you can see it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole home mesh system. It opens an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Okay, well, we're going to kick off. There's two Samsung reviews, both the Galaxy Z Fold 4 and the Galaxy Z Flip 4 are now on sale. Both of our reviews are up on Tech Guide as well. We're going to we're going to review both and we're going to start off with the Galaxy Z Fold 4. Now, this is the what I call the more high-end product. This is the fourth version of the Z Fold 4 as its name suggests. But it is also going to be its position as one of the flagship devices of the range. So we know that Samsung has the Galaxy, the S range. 
but the Z the Z Fold range of devices I think is also as premium and Samsung is positioning these as becoming co-flagship products as well. Uh, one one thing that we that we've seen with the Z Fold 4 is that it might look the same, but it does have a better camera, it does have a faster processor, it still has the S Pen compatibility, it's a little bit more robust. Uh, it does have a, a larger front screen and also a slightly larger internal screen and even a slimmer slimmer hinge. So the product itself has shrunk physically yet grown in other areas. And one area is the front screen, which is now 6.2 inches. And the inside has still has remained at 7.6, but the actual dimensions of the product have slightly shrunk we're talking millimeters here but you can notice them that side by side the galaxy z fold 4 next to the z fold 3 the fold 4 is slightly shorter slightly narrower but yet you're getting the same big screen experience and speaking of that experience if you're new to a foldable device you do that that novelty of opening a, a phone to having the smaller screen then opening it to a larger screen that novelty doesn't go away it's something that you really enjoy it's the luxury of having that second screen to do what you want to do whether it's multitasking viewing content running your apps whatever you want to do taking photos it does really change the whole experience for the customer speaking of the customer the person who will use this is a high-end user, someone who who can who wants to get a lot done, consume content, create content, multitask, be productive. This is the phone for them. If you're a more a casual user, this may be too much phone for you to use. There's the the Z Flip Four, maybe your phone, which we'll talk about. That's our next review. But the Fold Four uh, is meant to be that workhorse, that that do anything device that allows you to get more done, watch more, create more, work more, and all there in the in giving you the convenience of either a 6.2-inch front screen or a 7.6-inch display as well. Now, I, I did notice that the, it was slightly smaller, and you notice the bulk of the hinge is uh, is there as well. It's been reduced really by, by a, a solid amount. The the bump on the outside of the phone, you'll, and I've got side-by-side -side images on Tech Guide if you want to check it out. It has really reduced. The out, outer hinge bump is, I think, less than half the size of the previous model. So they've really, in 12 months, come up with uh, some good work there. So, yeah, as the screen, 6.2 on the front, 7.6 inside. I do love the fact that it's a larger front screen, which means you can get more done without having to open the phone. Now, I think being able to answer calls, reply to messages, emails on the go, often one-handed allows you to do a lot. I think that's really important because you don't always have time to stop Put everything you got you're holding down and use two hands to do what you need to do on a phone. Having having that ability to quickly do stuff on a now more usable front screen is a big change for me. In previous years, I was frustrated with the fact that I had to open the phone up 80% of the time. Now I only have to open the phone up 50% of the time because I can get a lot more done on that front screen. So opening the screen to me is a luxury when I want to do it, not because I have to do it. 
And that makes a big difference. And that, that, that it's all due to that larger front front screen. The internal screen, of course, is 7.6 inch, and that's kind of like a, a little tablet in your pocket. It is has a, 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 a more squarer shape. So it's when you're watching stuff, there's, it's like a, a letterbox effect. If you're watching it, you say YouTube, you'll see the black, black lines, black things top and bottom, that letterbox effect. Uh, you can, on YouTube, you can uh, pinch to go full screen. So it takes up the entire screen, but you are kind of uh, missing out on what's left and right in the middle there. But it does give you that flexibility. There's a lot of apps that work really well on that larger inside screen. Some apps obviously have been optimized, like the the some of them choose to go completely wide, whereas others choose to just choose to run through the middle of the screen. Like Instagram, for example, runs through the middle. Like my Tesla app, that takes up the whole screen, which means you've got to scroll. So the shape isn't quite right, but each app has its own quirks to work with that larger inside screen. But I never really had any kind of dramas with using any particular app. They were all usable and all had the same uh, had the same ability on the uh, Z Fold 4. The inside screen, we should mention, is an ideal canvas for multitasking. You can run up to three apps on that 7.6-inch display. There is a photo on Tech Guide of me running the browser, having the phone open, camera, but you can have maybe your messages on one, calendar on the other side. You can switch them around, have them top of, one on top of the other, side by side. The third app you can put in there as well. So what happens when you open up an app, the task bar appears on the bottom. So these are some, you see the icons of the of the of your apps and you're able to just drag the another icon up to the screen and that'll then create an opening for the second app. And then if you want to go to the third app, you drag up the third app and wherever you place it, it'll open a window up in that area. And you're able to move those windows around also to to drag the the borders around. So you might say you might want a bit more room for the browser. You can grab and, and drag the border on the right-hand side to give you more space and we'll drag another one up to give the bottom one a bit more space. It's up to you. But it, it is it does demonstrate its power that you can do this. You can even drag and drop uh, text and photos between them as well. So say you might have your camera roll open in one and the, maybe a, an email in another. You can drag the photo across, text across. It really does let you get a lot of stuff done on the fly. And if you have those combinations of apps, if you open those three apps continually, you can actually save that combination so rather than having to physically open one, then drag the other two icons, you can save the combination so all three apps will open at the same time so you can be get to get to work a lot faster. Uh, the S Pen, another, another great feature of the Z Fold 4 and only works on the inside larger screen and amazingly responsive, is a great tool to have with the, S, with the uh, Z Fold 4 really does play into that high-end market. So whether you're jotting down notes or annotating a document or a photo, there's a lot you can do with it. It is that larger screen is actually quite a canvas. It's really, really cool. Uh, and being able to change the color of your fa the, the pen and the, the, the different thickness of the pen and the style of pen, uh, there's an eraser on board as well. So it, it, it does work very, very well. Now, one little thing that I didn't like is the fact you can't store the S Pen inside the, the device. You know, with the Galaxy S22 Ultra, the S Pen slides inside and it's there when you need it. Fold 4, you don't have that same luxury. You need to buy the S Pen. It doesn't even come with it. It's separate purchase. And you can't put it anywhere. You can't slide it up the side 
and keep it inside the device. There's no room for that. You need to keep it in your pocket. You can buy some cases that have a little slot for the for you to put the S Pen. So there's that option as well. But that would have been brilliant to see the S Pen uh, to store it within the Galaxy Z Fold 4 and there whenever you need it. Now you need to carry it separately or inside a special case. Let's talk cameras now, and the camera has really improved on the Z Fold 4. It now has a 12-megapixel ultra-wide, 10-megapixel telephoto, 50-megapixel ultra-wide as well, a wide-angle, and on the front, it's a 10-megapixel camera, and there's also a 4-megapixel underscreen camera on the main display, the main 7.6-inch display. A lot of cameras there, so you've got plenty to choose from. But I've got to say, the main camera's on the rear panel. Image quality, remarkable. There's some shots I've taken on my review when I was in New York with the with the device. There's one at ground zero, so it gives you that really nice ultra-wide angle. Uh, there's also great night photography as well. So in low light situations, it does do a great job bringing in all this light and adding just incredible brightness to, to your picture that just wasn't there when you took the photo. I've got a couple of examples of that. I've got one example of the low light photography. I've had my telescope set up in my backyard and decided to take an image. And it's like I had a spotlight on this thing, the amount of light that it let in. It's remarkable how much you can see there. The uh, camera, as I said, photos are fantastic. Does a really good job. Closer to the S uh, Galaxy S series of phones in terms of camera quality. Now, uh, battery side, this was pretty pretty good. I think considering you got to power two screens here, I was amazed with the battery life. It was enough power nearly for two days. And I'm talking fully fully charged at 8 o'clock in the morning. You, you're going – the next day at lunchtime, you still had a lot of a lot of power. And and that was using it as – as using everything, email, viewing things. You name it, we were doing it. And opening the – using the central, the big inside screen as well. So we really put this through its paces and it, the battery just hung in there. It was got, it's got some incredible efficiency there. So yeah, big tick on the battery side. Now the big th- I think the other, the other achievement here is the price. What, what uh, Samsung has done is they've kept the price the same as last year's model. And that was considering the, 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 the world market, the pressures on the market around the world, that's quite an achievement to maintain that same price point. I think Samsung were determined to not increase the price of the Fold devices, and the same thing happens with the Flip 4. They were they did a great job to keep it at the same price. And it starts at $2,499 for the 256 gig, $2,699 for the 512 gig, and 299 that's a one terabyte you can only buy through a Samsung store. So it's in 3000 bucks you get a one terabyte memory. No expandable memory, unfortunately. That's why they're selling you their memory. They're doing an Apple here. So no more expandable memory. I think this would have been a beautiful device to have expandable memory. So imagine having a full micro SD card full of your favorite content. You slip it in and you can watch it uh, on this beautiful big inside screen. Uh, unfortunately, you can't do that. You need to load it through either or access your cloud storage or load it directly to the device. But overall, I'm really impressed with the Z Fold 4. I, uh, it, it is a stunning little smartphone. Not little. It's a decent-sized smartphone. Uh, and uh, as I said, if you're more that savvy customer, you want to do more with the device, enjoy this whole new experience, then the Z Fold 4 may be the phone for you. If you want to read our complete review about the Galaxy Z Fold 4, you can check it out, techguide.com.au.
Okay, as promised, we are reviewing both the foldables and we're now up to the Galaxy Z Flip 4. This is a uh, the flip phone, foldable smartphone. The flip phone is back. Flip phone with a difference, though. This is a high-tech flip phone. Really uh, does does take you back. That whole thing of opening it to answer and closing it to hang up. I did love that. I put, I, I made that sure that was uh, that was in the settings or that I was able to do that. It does take you back a little bit. But boy, is this a lot more techy than the previous flip phones that we used twenty years ago. This is remarkable. Now the Z Flip Four and the Z Fold Four. Similar hinge technology, folding screen, but actually quite different customers. The the Z Fold 4, as I said, is the workhorse, high-end user. The Z Flip 4, though, is entirely different. It's a more approachable phone, I like to call it. So a customer who wants just a regular phone, which when this is unfolded, gives you that, a 6.7-inch screen, and it does everything a normal smartphone will do. But when you're done with that big screen, you can literally fold this thing in half and pop it in your pocket. And that, that, that's a hugely attractive for the, that customer who previously, if you wanted to big, a big screen, you were stuck with a big phone. But that, that's not the case with, this, with the Flip 4. You get a big screen when you need it, but you can fold it in half and put it in your pocket or your bag, and you're able to carry around a smaller device. And it does have a small front screen as well, which is a lot more functional this time around as well. So even when in the closed position, you can still do things like see your notifications, control your media, take a photo, pay for things. It is a lot more functional. So I think that it does give you that sort of convenience. Even though it isn't opened, you can still get a lot of things done. Now, it has had a slight redesign, and we're talking a couple of millimetres here and there to give the inside and outside screen a little bit more room. Again, similar, smaller hinge on this one as well because it's a similar hinge technology that we saw on the Fold 4, which has been entirely redesigned, by the way. They've got the whole mechanism is changed, which means it's smaller, and again, that smaller protrusion when it's closed it is uh, much less bulky than the previous hinge is as well. The cameras also on the previous model, I think they were flush with the front surface, but now they do they do stick out a little bit, but nothing nothing too major. Now there's also a bespoke model too, so there is a model that you can um, customize. So you want to customize the front panel color, the back panel, even the color of the frame, the aluminium frame. You're able to do that. The 6.7-inch screen is a dynamic AMOLED screen, has an adaptive 120 hertz refresh rate, as does the Fold 4, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that in the review. The inside and our and front screen all both have 120 hertz adaptive refresh rates, which means colors look amazing, clarity is remarkable, same glass-like appearance of a regular screen as well. Uh, the, the both phones, the Fold and the Flip 4, the, the surface of the screen is actually glass. It is a razor-thin layer of glass, and it, it's, it does give you that, that glass-like appearance, which is really important. There is the slight indentation, as we saw on the fold, when you, the crease is visible in the right light or if it's, a, if it's whatever color is on the screen. But I quickly forgot it was even there when I was looking at my email or my pictures or using an app or whatever I was doing. It really, I didn't notice it because I was looking at what was on the screen. I wasn't looking at the crease in the screen. Now, one big feature on the Flip 4 that customers will really love is flex mode. And this is the ability for you to 
have the phone open at 90 degrees. So the bottom half rests on a surface. Top half you can use to view content, take photos, shoot videos. I think a typical Z Flip 4 user, they'd love a selfie and you, you'll be able to use flex mode to take that selfie really easily because you can rest it on a surface, get the, uh, get the framing right, and then when you're ready to take your photo, you simply hold up your hand, your open palm, and that will activate the shutter. You get three seconds and it'll take your photo. So you don't even have to touch the device. I was able to take a selfie from like four meters away from the phone and get like a full head-to-toe shot, uh, a selfie shot, which was, would be impossible with another phone. Flex mode is really cool. Uh, you can also use it, of course, if you're viewing content, viewing, filming video, whatever you happen to be doing. It is ideal for those purposes. And uh, there's also a mode where you can actually use the bottom half as a trackpad. So really, really uh, great thing to, great feature to explore. There's a lot of things that it, uh, it creates, a lot of capabilities it creates on the Flip 4. The camera itself, two main megapixel cameras, wide and ultra wide. There's a front 10 megapixel camera on the main screen. So when you open the phone, the little punch on the main screen, that's a 10 megapixel camera. Uh, then there's two 12 megapixels on the back of the phone, the main cameras, I call those. Now, you're not getting the same quality of the cameras here as you'll find on the Z Fold 4 or the Galaxy S22 Ultra. Funny that the, the Z Fold 4 is more for the, the user is less likely to take a million photos and share them on social media whereas the Flip 4 user is, is probably that customer. Yet the, the the camera quality of the Fold is a lot better than the Flip. It would be nice to, to, to turn that around, to give the Flip 4 customer those better quality cameras uh, for, for them to capture their images and selfies in even better quality. Now, I don't know what that would do to the design, whether it would make it bulky or what it would do, but I think the it would be nice to have seen better quality, like, I mean, higher resolution cameras on the Z Flip 4. It'd be a remarkable to have this foldable technology and these amazing quality cameras on this small Flip 4 device. But I think uh, maybe if it's a little bit bulkier, I reckon that'd be an acceptable trade-off for, for a lot of customers because they're knowing they're going to get to even better images and be able to fold it in half, put it in their pocket. Big improvement also on the battery. Anyone who's had the Z Flip 3 will tell you that by mid-afternoon, you're reaching for the charger because it didn't have quite the size of the battery and the efficiency to get you through the day. Well, I'm happy to report that the new phone, the Flip 4, has a 3,700 milliamp hour battery, which powers through the day, easily got to the end of the day. I, I, even when I was using this as my main phone, I had 20% battery by the evening. And I st it still could have gone well into the night, but it's good news that you can now get through the day. And the good news too, with the Fold 4 and the Flip 4, it charges pretty quickly as well. So if you do need to go out again, you, if you charge it up for an hour, you probably got you probably put 70% back on the battery. It is pretty quick to charge as well. So great uh, great news there. Big tick on the battery life. It does, uh, it does last you through the day quite easily. Uh, Price-wise, again, same as last year. You're talking 1,499 bucks for the 256 gig, 1,649 for the 512. And you had, could also have the there's a, the bespoke edition as well. That's uh, 256 gig for 1700 uh, and 1729 bucks. So 1499 for the 128, 1649 for the 256, 1849 for the 512, 
1729 for the 256 gig bespoke edition. Same prices as last year. And if you want to check out that out review, we, we think the Flip 4, fun product, really uh, slick design, and the fact that it folds in half is incredible. It's like having a party trick. It's like a party trick. When you show people the folding phone, they're amazed, and they will like to get it in their hand. It's one of those products you get in your hand, you really appreciate it a lot more. Uh, our review of both the Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4 from Samsung – both are now in the market, available now. Uh, and if you want to read our complete reviews, you can check them both out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking about another product that's just been released, and we've happened to rev have reviewed it as well, and that's the Jabra Elite 5 active noise cancelling earphones. This is a Jabra. I'm a big fan of their earphones because they're small and they sound great. The Elite 5, not quite as small as the 7s, but still uh, offer a lot of bang for your buck. Hybrid active noise cancellation. They've also got a Qualcomm's new Bluetooth system on a chip on board as well and does offer fantastic audio quality. And they also, the hybrid active noise cancellation, uh, while it's not in the same level as your earphones that cost twice as much, it's not far off. I think it punches way above its weight in terms of active noise cancellation. They are, it has IP55 rating, which means dust and water resistant. So go nuts at the gym or go for a run in the rain. It's going to handle it all. And I like to, on the design side, they don't stick out of your ears too much. In fact, People won't know you're wearing them. And, and it's funny, the ones that I was sent for review, they're beige, but I, I like to call them more flesh color. So the, the color actually not too different to the color of my ears. And so it, it kind of disguised the fact that I was wearing earphones. I, I did wear them on Sky News the last couple of weeks, and I challenge anyone to be able to see them. It's pretty hard to spot them. But, uh, yeah, that flesh-colored version, if you want to be a bit stealthy with your earphones, that's not too bad. But uh, yeah, as you'd expect from from the the Jabras, they are pretty good. They got Bluetooth multipoint, which means they can connect to two devices at the same time and switch between them seamlessly. Uh, and I've been using. I had these a week before they were announced, so I was able to review them before right on the and, and publish the review on the day of the launch. Uh, and I've got to say that they, I was the noise cancellation I found to be really impressive. I was able to hear my podcast or the music, not my own podcast, but a podcast I was listening to or the music I was listening to really clearly and not far off what you'd expect from those other more expensive brands, as I said, really, really doing a great job for the price. Uh, it, it's the other good thing too about it. You, you, of course, you need to have the, the uh, ability to hear what's going on around you. So it does have that mode. It's the tap of the earphone. You do have that that talk, that pass through where if you want to talk to someone, order a cup of coffee or whatever, or hear the traffic on a busy road, good idea if you're running or walking near a busy road to hear the traffic, then you can do that as well. Now, the, the onboard is a, the six millimeter speakers. They deliver nice crisp and nice sharp sound. And I like you can, how you can put up a high, to the maximum volume with zero distortion. They sound great even at the most, the the highest volume. Bass is good. I would have liked a bit more. I would have liked a bit more punch there. It's not bad. I think fans are going to still like it. It's uh, 
There are some, I know there are some customers who love a bit more bass in their in their uh, earphones. This is, uh, I reckon, say, let's call it average bass. If you want above average bass, you may be slightly disappointed with these ones. It's good, but for fans who love bass-heavy stuff, this is probably not up with other other brands. But overall, still provides a great sound. Uh, they've they've got the capability to handle SBC, AAC, and Qualcomm's aptX codecs as well. So if you're listening to high res audio, you're in luck. Uh, you can also access an equalizer on the Jabra Plus app, so you can adjust the bass. I did that and made it a little bit better. Uh, and mid range and treble as well to customize your sound. And also too, it's really easy. The touch controls uh, are pretty; they're they're well defined. So you can touch the outside, and if you want to control your music, you know, double tap, triple tap, answer your calls, all of that's available. Now, one thing I really liked about these is the call quality. I think a lot of a lot of brands are realizing that people want to be able to speak to make their calls without having to remove their earphones. And with the Jabra Elite 5, I found them to be excellent in terms of the call qualities. Not only could I hear the other person very clearly, but they could also hear me very clearly as well. So it was, it was just a seamless thing. If I received a call, I just answered the phone, didn't have to take the earphones out, and the person at the other end didn't even know I was wearing a pair of earphones. And that's a sign of a of good call quality. They uh, The Elite 5... Has, can be used to uh, with Google Assistant and Alexa, so they're voice controllable. On the battery side, you get up to seven hours of playback, and that, that's pretty decent. That's even with active noise cancellation turned on, which is impressive, seven hours. The charging case, which can be charged wirelessly, so if you rest it on a Qi charging pad, it'll charge, or you can plug in a USB-C cable. You get a total of 28 hours of power through that case as well. And if you're in a rush, I know sometimes you pick up your earphones and they're dead and you think, oh, damn. A quick 10-minute charge can give you an hour of playback. So if you want to go out and run to the gym, you've got no charge. 10 minutes, plug them in, you get an hour. That's pretty good. The Jabra Elite 5 earphones, available now. They're priced at $219, so $219. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal details, and if discovered, will notify you. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. There's also real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, parental controls to help manage your kids' online time, school time to manage your child's remote learning, a password manager to generate, store, and manage your passwords and other credentials more securely. There's also SafeCamp for PC and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs and smartphones or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
The Tech God Help Desk is proudly supported by Belkin. Belkin.com forward slash AU. If you're after cables, MagSafe cases, earphones, you name it, a lot of charging accessories and charging stands as well. Anything you need to enhance your products, Belkin has the answer. Belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, today I thought we'd talk about on the help desk. I've had a few questions from readers and listeners on the radio as well asking about being able to send large files. It seems to really bamboozle a lot of people and they don't, they, they don't realize that the great way of sharing large files is with services like Dropbox or OneDrive or Google Drive or WeTransfer. There's so many of them. And I did have one question from a, from a listener, she, from a reader. She said, look, I need to send this large file. They suggested I use Dropbox, but I don't have an account. I don't want to pay for it. And I thought, well, you know, an easy, an easy workaround is a, a, a service called WeTransfer. You just, just Google WeTransfer and you're able to send up to two gigabytes for free. And you, all you need to do is to put the person's email address in, put your email address in. They'll send you a code to make sure that it's you. And then you drag and drop the file and boom, you can send up to two gigabytes in one hit. So that then the person who receives that, they receive a link. So from there, they can then download the file from the from the cloud. So whether it's WeDrive, Dropbox, Google Drive, any of these services, iCloud, you can send someone a link rather than the actual file because it's saved to the cloud email you can't email a hundred megabyte file but you can send them a link to a cloud stored that cloud stored file so all they receive in an email is a link to access that file and if you give them permission they can probably download that file as well whether it's a movie pictures whatever it happens to be they're able to do that you control the access they have to that file but don't worry yourself about sending a massive file over internet. You don't need over email. You don't need to do that. Best thing to do, pop it up in the cloud, send a link to the file, and that will easily get the to them. That is the full-time siren for this week's show. Thank you for getting through to the end here. If you need to find out anything that we've spoken about, of course, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we love hearing from you. Info at techguide.com.au is our email address, or you can just hit the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side. That will also send an email my way. We'd love to thank our sponsors as well, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Please support the companies that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 